Hello, 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 and welcome back to Quick Drag EW's Drag Race Season 14 recap series. I am Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's Drag Race reporter, and we're bringing this episode to you live from the Willow Wonka Chocolate Victory, where we just learned the identity of the holder of the infamous and elusive Season 14 Golden Chocolate Bar. This episode features a spirited discussion with the woman in question, Miss Bosco, who talks all the drama she stirred up with Lady Camden, and what was going through her mind when, after 12 weeks, it finally wasn't chocolate, and she got to remain in the competition. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Joey. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. How are you? I am so good. I'm Miss Golden Chocolate herself. <laughs> Yes, I am so honored to be in the presence of Miss Golden Chocolate. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you feeling after the chaos of this episode? I'm feeling good. I am feeling very lucky and happy that I get to continue on doing my bullshit and showing my ass to these <laughs> Yes, I mean, literally, yes, showing your ass, yes. I told you when we first talked, Joey, that I will be showing new and improved versions of Naked every single week, and I have not let you down. You, tr you truly haven't. I also liked and Untucked how it looked like your ass was just like Angeria's guardian angel over her shoulder as you were speaking and Untucked. It was the greatest thing in the world. Well, here's the thing. My ass actually is Angeria's guardian angel, um, her guardian angle. It watches her all the time. It watches her when she sleeps. <laughs> That's We should all be so lucky. I mean, but I have to know, did you have like a gut feeling or were the spirits of Cornbread and Jasmine speaking to you from beyond the drag race grave and like sort of giving you any inclination that maybe you had the bar? Did you have a gut feeling? No, honestly, I... Like, obviously, I'm a very fortunate person, but I'm not a particularly lucky person. Like, I don't win, like, scratch-offs. I don't win, like, weird-based things. So when I was told that I lost against Georges, I was like, well, that makes sense. And then I was just like, well, shit, seventh kind of sucks. Jasmine was talking to me beyond the grave. It was when I was fighting Lady Camden. She was in my ear whispering, say it, say it. She passed on the spirit of untucked drama to you. Yes, I knew she was going to pass it on to someone, and I'm so glad that she passed it on to you. You know, I had to I had to keep it going, Gemini's. So I want you to walk me through your sort of range of moods emotionally, going from the end of the lip sync to sort of unwrapping the chocolate bar. Like what was going on in your mind the moment that you saw that it was gold? So after the lip sync, I was pretty defeated. I was pretty much just like, well, this is where the journey ends. I was ready for them to play those sad trombone horns that we hear every <laughs> single week. And they do a really nice job of editing out how hard it is to open those chocolate bars. But there's actually usually about a minute of us struggling with the wrapping. And that's always really funny to watch. So I struggled with the wrapping for a little bit and then saw like this piece of gold sticking out. I'm like, there's no way. And it, it was the full gold bar. Um, I think I started like scream laughing. Um, I kind of blacked out. I like full astral projection, <laughs> scream laughing. Um, I remember screaming, the season's never going to fucking end. Um, they didn't put that in, obviously. Oh but <laughs> Wait, who had the biggest struggle in, of opening the chocolate bar? Oh, 
I want to say it was probably June just because none of us had known like how it was supposed to work. So the rest of us got to watch everybody else struggle. But every single week, it was just like at least a full minute of trying to open that stupid thing. <laughs> I love that. I need, we need a whole spinoff series that's just that. But I, oh, I want a super yes. <laughs> Can you give us a tease or a preview of how everyone else, you know, I know we can't spoil much, but like, you know, looking ahead, what is the sort of general sentiment of, you know, returning to the competition so soon after the elimination? Because they all looked pretty happy in the back. They were all clapping. We're obviously a very close cast and the girls are really happy for me. Um, I remember a lot of them specifically saying just like, you know what, if anybody had to have it, I'm glad you had it. Yeah, it didn't feel like there's any resentment towards any of the girls. I think the girls felt like I still had like a lot more to show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I felt nothing but love from the girls. Yeah. I mean, it was it is really nice to see the sisterhood of this season. It is very strong. And but I mean, the episode, I think that's why it surprised so many people to see it get so heated this episode. I mean, the dreaded question, who should go home? I, I mean, everybody said our glorious Lady Bosco. I mean, every queen going into Drag Race knows that this question is coming at some point. Like it happens every season. So had you all... Was there like an unspoken agreement that you were sort of picking up on in the room that everybody was going to say you? Or did you anticipate that everybody was going to say you? Or did it sort of genuinely gag you in the moment? Um, I had a feeling that they are going to say me. Just because like we as a group didn't get to watch the musical. Like we have no idea how we did. Yeah. We were back when we weren't on and we didn't get to like watch a playback of it. So what we were doing is like we were going off of the critiques that we just heard from the judges. And I got the worst critiques. So I'm like, well, RuPaul said name a name, and I got the worst critiques, so I'm sure they're going to name me. Well, did you, I mean, performing in the Rusical itself, I think from what I'm reading, I mean, people seem to be really into this one. I think that it was collectively, it, it seemed like everybody was doing a good job. But did you have any inclination in the moment that you weren't giving a performance that the judges were super crazy about? Because like I said, I, I, I don't necessarily know that I watched your performance and thought that it wasn't good. No, I honestly thought I was doing exactly what the part called for. Um, some of the critiques were a little like confusing to me. Um, I did understand, however, though, that runway came into play. Like I had like a really bad luck of like I brought some similar pieces and then they got stacked week after week after week. I'm like, well, I totally understand that. And there's nothing that I can say about that because they are mm -hmm. correct. I absolutely did wear four courses in a row. Well, was but yeah, like I, as I was performing, I felt really good about what I was giving. And then watching it back, like... I understand there could have been some parts that like could have been improved, but I felt like that was a really strong rusical. And like, I honestly thought all of us did really good the entire time. I don't know if there's anything to really critique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that it was a collective, really strong performance. And also got a shout out to Silky in here. Speaking of strong performers, I mean, Silky is in this room listening right now. We'll say hello to her. Hi, Silky. <laughs> um, I do want to go back to the moment on the runway where we're talking about who is going home because, I, I mean, you looked absolutely gagged when georgia said if we want to talk about drag record she was in the bottom three times in one episode after you said that she, oh, that was oh so it funny. was i mean you know so you know funny. i adore you on the show but your face in that moment is one of my favorite facial expressions on this season i mean georgia's even saying that it is an instant classic i am sorry for enjoying it so much but oh no it was so funny it was such a good clap I back. Mean, what was going through your brain in that moment when she said that Georgia just really heated with me that moment because like she was mad at me because I was mean to Lady Camden, valid. And then she was mad at me because I said her. Yeah, I, I don't know if she was mad and she had like a really funny like 
one-liner and like come back to it to like work <laughs> i mean it's it's all about good like, tv like she won like she won like the the like one-liner off there so like <laughs> have to give her her flowers there she like beat me in the lip thing before i even started with that <laughs> yeah, it was a verbal smackdown i mean it really was like i mean it's good tv it's a great moment i i think everybody is enjoying it and good fun and the spirit that it was you know intended but we do like i saying that the drama on this episode it was really surprising for a lot of people and i think after your iconic changing of Twitter names throughout the season, I mean, you just changed it from Flopsco to Villainsco before this week. So I guess oh, yeah. we have to say congratulations on your first self-described brat moment on national TV. It's an accomplishment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I am um, a strong believer that drag queens by nature are assholes. And while I am a very kind person, I am absolutely an asshole. So I don't really feel any shame of being like, a little brat, like 12 weeks into this competition, like I'm usually on my best behavior and I really wanted that thing. So I fought for it. I mean, it was, it was a really interesting moment. I mean, Camden seemed to, I don't think we've ever really seen Camden snap like this before on the show. So what was that energy like between you two immediately after this, when you all sort of agreed to settle into the roles that you did? Like what, what were your conversations like afterward and how long did it take before both of you sort of made up? Um, I think we were vibing within like an hour or so. Like we had to like blow some steam off a little bit for sure. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait until she like works through it. Cause like I, I was very aware that I was the one in the wrong and I was the one that was being like the pettier person. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll wait until she's ready to talk and then we can talk about it. But by the time we started rehearsals, we were already like Gucci. We were fine. Yeah. Oh, so like that moment where, I mean, in Untucked, where Camden is saying that the, you know, the dance between you two, there was like charged energy there. I thought she meant it was like awkward because you two were still angry with each other, but that wasn't the case. Um, No, we weren't. I'm sure they would have kept it in if they did. But if it was that, but like, I think it was mainly just like, oh, there's a lot of like intense feelings here and also sexual tension. Camden's really hot. <laughs> I feel like, okay, I, I feel like you guys were all trying to drop the hints to me in our first round of interviews, which everybody can see on EW.com slash Drag Race. I mean, you were all saying that Camden, when you said she was bringing the porn to set, I mean, I feel like now she's talking about Folsom Fair and taking Angeria there. Now you're talking about sexual tension with Camden. I feel like she is like the undercover horny queen of the season. Oh, Camden's a giant hoe bag. Absolutely. Don't believe that fucking accent. <laughs> I know that's sweet. She little is accent. not a lady. She is a dog. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes, yeah, she served the bearded queen, you know, excellence on this episode. So, I mean, it's, Lady Camden's drag is being taken over by the horniness, it seems. As it should mm-hmm. be. I mean, I do want to ask you one last thing about the the runway because it was a you know a source of a lot of talk on Twitter this episode. Um, I think the critique on the main stage of you wearing the quote unquote Bosco eyebrows had you gotten that critique before? I, I don't recall, and was that a surprise to you to hear in the moment? I was surprised because um, that particular critique had never come up, and like I had dropped the Bosco brow every time I had played a character in an acting challenge. So I'm like, well, this is kind of like a performance challenge. And like, I feel like it still fit the character and it was still me in the moment. So I, it, it surprised me to hear it. I understand the opinion, but I did not see that coming. Well, how did, you know, because you really did go through it between last week and well, actually from Snatch Game and then to last week and then to this week. I mean, you really did go through it. So how do you think this whole experience between these past three episodes 
and then being eliminated and returning, did that light a fire for the future of the competition or did it sort of make next week even harder for you? I definitely decided that World of Wonder is paying for my therapy after this three weeks. Um, I'm sending them the tab for sure. Like I'm suing for damages, emotional distress, if they aren't covering that. Um, at this point in the competition, I was a little shit. I'm just like, well, dang it. Three weeks in a row of like not doing the best is not an ideal place to be towards the end of the competition. So I was definitely um, in my head a little bit after this one. Um, also, like it's it's such like a pressure cooker. I think all of us are like crying a lot at this point in the competition, like just like by ourselves or like in the confessionals. So I was um, very emotional after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that I you know consistently like to talk to the contestants about because I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of pressure that you're all under. So I always think it's important when you all speak on it. And, you know, I I just hope that you're feeling a lot of love from the fans. A lot of people seem to be really excited that you have the chocolate bar. So is there anything else that you want to say, you know, on the evening of this really special moment for you on the show? Thank you to everyone for all the love. Thank you for all of the luck that I got last summer. And I'm probably not going to be on Twitter for the next week for my mental health, but I will be back and more naked than ever, I'm sure. (laughs) That is exactly what we would like to see from you, Bosco. I mean, you thriving in your element and, you know, yeah, take the break if you need the break. I mean, I, you know, just want to send you nothing but positive vibes. Thank you so much for joining us on this space. I really cannot wait to see what you do on the show next. So thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me, Joey. Everybody, RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14 continues next Friday at 8 p.m. on VH1. And we will be back here on EW's Twitter spaces at 10.05 Eastern, 7.05 Pacific next week with another Season 14 queen for a new recap. Good night, Bosco. And good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. To keep the conversation going, follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. And tag me at Joey Nolfi. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate the podcast and leave us a stunning review. See you next week. This episode of Quick Drag is produced by Sammy Junio and Lauren Klein and was edited by Lauren Klein. Full episode reports are available at EW.com.